Welcome. Whether you can afford an attorney or you choose not to have an attorney, you have the right to access the court and win your child support case. That means if you're managing the case yourself, you need to know who the judges, commissioners, support managers, county clerks, anyone who touches or administer your case. Now, the right to access to court is guaranteed by the Constitution in the case called Ryland versus Shapiro. And that is, you have a fundamental right and a constitutional right to access to court at any time. Also, if you decide that you do not want to have an attorney, one cannot be forced upon you. That is, as the law state in State versus Pender Penderville and Moore versus Michigan that says, if you do not want to have an attorney, one cannot be forced upon you. Next, being that you're managing a case yourself, you need to assemble your legal team. Yes, you need to put a legal team together. And in this discussion, we will talk about what are the requirements for your legal team. Hello, my name is Chris. And in this session, we will talk about how you go about winning your child support case without the use of an attorney. Here we have a section called Call to Action where we give you tips and strategies of how to accomplish this goal. Now this will be reviewed at the end of the video. Also, we ask you to support this channel. Please subscribe to our channel as well as we ask for donations. Uh, we ask for $25 up front, but again, any amount will be accepted, either PayPal or Cash App. Here we bring you a lot of research and we're just asking to help us continue to do so. So let's look at the legal team that you need to put together in order for your child support case. You need a notary public and you need a process server. And we'll discuss their roles and responsibilities in terms of your case. So let's start off with the right to access the court. Yes, as an individual, you do not have to have an attorney. You can get an attorney if you choose, but you do not have to have one. And as the Sixth Amendment says, the right to access the court is absolute, and that can never be taken away from you. That's Illinois versus the Allen Courts, and that's 1970. Also, the Supreme Court says, if you want to access the court as a pro se or a pro per, you can do so. In the case called Haynes versus Kerner, this individual had 150 pages of handwritten document that he submitted to the Supreme Court. And they came back with, while the complaint is, is artfully pleaded, that the courts must not deny him the right to access the court and get justice simply because he does not have an attorney. And that's Haynes versus Kerner. We have a video called Defending Your Rights. A lot of what I'm talking about is in that video. Please uh, take a moment and watch that video. Now that you've decided to handle your case without an attorney, you have to know the rules and you have to follow the rules. And in this session, we're going to talk about this. So let's start off with what exactly are you learning? Well, the Child Enforcement Program falls under what is called 45 CFR 
part 303. That is under this segment is where all the rules and requirement for child support enforcement, such as 303.72 that deals with the federal tax refund and 303.100 deals with income withholding from your employer. This is the game plan that you have to study. Now there are several sections underneath this. It goes up to about 108 but if you want to know and you want to win your case you have to study this unfortunately you have to take your case into your hands so child support where exactly is child support when it comes to the courts well in the case law US versus sage that's the Second Circuit out of New York, it says that child support agreement are equivalent to interstate contracts and reject the idea that child support payments are anything but that. So on this channel, we said this over and over, child support is a contract. So now that we understand it's a contract, where do we challenge that contract? Well, first, let's start off in Article 1. Article 1 courts are called legislative courts. Those are created by Congress to review agency decision auxiliary courts. Well, as you know, agency decisions are child support. Child support is a single and separate agency under 45303.1. Well, the judges in these Article 1 court were appointed by an Article 3 court, uh, as well as their their powers are reviewed. Why? Well, if they deprive you of life, liberty, or property, then it can be reviewed by an Article Three judge. Now, as you know, in child support, this is where you lose your right to your income, your driver's license. Again, this is all done in Article One. Another requirement is that Article One judges do not have lifetime tenure, and their salaries can be reduced by Congress. In other words, they're not appointed by the President of the United States. And in some cases, they're only employed for four years. So now let's look at Article Three judges. So Article Three is the actual judicial power under the Constitution. So judges within Article Three are elected by the president. And the idea is that there's an independence control from the judiciary branch, which is separated from the executive or legislative branch. An Article I court may not create rules or diminish the constitutional right to defeat for litigants, and that is Knox versus the 8th Judicial District. Now, this is important because when you are in child support, you are in Article I, and from time to time, the judges there will tell you that your constitutional rights are not accepted in child support. That is not true. Knox versus the 8th Judicial says, they cannot create rules that circumvent your constitutional right under Article 1. So let's do the comparison. Article 1 versus Article 3. So Article 1 jurisdiction is part of what? The Congress, right? It is congressional orders. Chief Justice Marshall wrote, 
that these courts under Article I are not constitutional court and are subject to review. Yes, they are subject to review. So when a, a judge in Article I or child support dismisses your case, use this stat, use this uh, case law. It's called Northern Pipeline versus Marathon Pipeline or DeRosso versus United States, and you insist on your constitutional right. Now, why is all of this important? If you're going to do this without an attorney, you need to understand the laws and the Constitution of the United States. And why the distinction between Article One and Article Three? Because of the, the Supremacy Clause, and it states that the Supremacy Clause takes precedent over state law and state constitution. That is, if there's a conflict between your constitutional right and state law, the constitution wins. There's also the separation of powers. That is, our government is divided into three segments, legislative, executive, and judicial. And it says here, no person or persons charged with the exercise of power belonging to one branch can then dictate what happens in another branch. And that's Article 6, Paragraph 2 of our Constitution. So the Supremacy Clause holds true if you are before a magistrate in child support. So now let's look at our legal team. Now that we understand where we are, let's look at our legal team. Okay, you're a notary. Your notary is commissioned by the county of residence, as well as they are approved by the secretary of your states, and they maintain all the records for your case. So when you start your child support case, normally they will put it through the court system and the clerk of the court, right? So a notary does, it validates your document. As you know, in order to submit documents to the court, you must have it notarized. This is very, very important. And a notary is nothing more than a sworn statement before, again, the commission notary in what is called an affidavit or motion papers or judicial uh, notices. Anything that's required, you want to do that. Next, let's look at the uh, process servers under Federal Rules of Civil Procedures. That is Rule 4. This covers what is called personal jurisdiction. In order for you to bring a case before the courts or object to a case, you must follow the Federal Rules of Civil Procedures. And that is designated by what is called the process server. Here we have on the screen the National Association of Process Servers. That's where all the process servers listed in your state. So what are the requirements for Federal Rule 4? In order to bring someone or command someone to come to court, you must have someone deliver the court documents to them. And that individual right, leaves what is called the court papers. And it can be delivered by an agent or can be received by an agent. But here is where most people make a mistake. The process, you're, in order to start your case or even challenge your case, a process server has nothing to do with your case and it must be 18 years of age. Here is why. Many of you purchase paperwork or download paperwork or 
you know, went to a website and put together your affidavits. What you forget to get involved is your process server. What do I mean? Many of you decide to go to the post office, you do a certified mail receipt, and you send it in to either the courts or to the people involved or child support, and you think that has satisfied the process. No, it must be done by someone who's not connected to the case and who's 18 years of age. This is the fundamental requirement in order to have jurisdiction over your case. And many people make this mistake. In fact, this this error is detrimental to your case. Without proper service, it can be challenged and then you are out of luck. Next, we have a video called Color of Law Template. I suggest that everyone watch this video. In addition to your court papers, you should include the color of law document. Again, there are many controversies around it, but we found that this document should be included in your court papers. And if you have any questions or comments on that, please feel free to reach out to us. So here we come to now what is called the clerk of the court. And it is my opinion that the clerk is wolf in sheep clothing. What stops you from winning your case is the clerk of the court. So let's look at the clerk of the court's responsibility, right? They are duty bound to record all the documents in, t in its entirety into your case. However, from time to time, the clerks block your document or claim you need to send a, a payment and they returned it. So let's look at the law under 18 U.S.C. 271 that says any clerk that conceal, remove, or mutilate the records is subject to imprisonment as, uh, as well as a fine. That's $9,000 in fine and up to 12 years in prison. That is, they cannot block your paperwork. If you deliver that paperwork to the court, they must accept it. And that falls under the Supremacy Clause, Article 6, Clause 2. Here's why. In the case of Biffle versus Morton Rubber, any instrument in law that's filed and is delivered to the clerk, regardless of whether it's file marked or not, it considered part of your case. And this is critical. If a clerk returns your document and you submit it again two more times, on the third time, you can move to have your case dismissed. I know many of you are going to have a question on how that's done, but understand this. You have a right to access the court, and that right cannot be taken away from you. Now, why the issue with the clerk? Well, let's review Harrison County, Ohio. This is where the, curler, the clerks signs a contract with the child support agency. So here it is and says Harrison County. They submit and renew the IDV contract for the past 17 years. Yes. It is a contract. Now, under the contract of Title IV-D, they ask for and request the services of the court and magistrate. And in this contract that was signed back in 2019, it's $230.50, and it's solely devoted to 
the issues of child support. That includes judges' time, the clerks, and everyone else who touches the case. Now, what's significant about this is that one-third of a cost is paid by your county, which is your tax dollars, but two-thirds of it is reimbursed by the child support agency. Now, many of you will say that's a conflict of interest. Not necessarily. It's just a contract issue. So when the clerk blocks your paperwork, is the clerk acting as a public officer or is the clerk acting as a contractor for Title IV-D? It is our opinion that the clerks are acting in a contract position and they feel that they can block your paperwork. This is a point of contention and this is where you double down on your paperwork before the court. Because again, you have a constitutional right to access the court. Now we covered all of this regarding the courts and contract in a video it's called, It's a Corporation and Not Government. Again, we suggest you review this for more details on the contracts that are being signed by the Title IV agency and your government. So here we are at the section, what is a call to action. So here is our tip. As we said, this is where we review. So organize your court documents, your petitions, your motions, your affidavits. And if you don't have your court documents, Ask the court for those documents. You cannot fight child support if you don't know the staff, the judges, and you have no idea what orders are against you and the paperwork. Next, research your clerks and judges. Find out who they are. Are they lawyers moonlighting as judges? Are they part-time? Are they from the attorney general's office? Do some research. Next, process servers. Interview process servers within your county or close to the court. Find out their level of service, what they provide, because they are critical in order to get your document properly served in order to gain personal jurisdiction over the case. As well as in some counties and in most counties, the sheriff can serve court documents. That is true. The sheriff under the Constitution can serve court documents. However, there's a caution with that is that some of these sheriffs are working closely with Title IV-D, and if you have an outstanding arrest, then you'll be walking into a trap. So while we understand that the sheriff can serve paperwork, it is probably a good idea to interview process servers. Next is the notary public. Your documents cannot enter the court without the signer or signature of a notary public. That's just how it works in Article I court. You must have a notary public. So have all your documents signed as a notary with the notary public. We have a video called File a Lawsuit. Feel free to preview that. Preview that. Now some of you talk about you want to file lawsuits and the you know child support harmed you. But if you don't understand these basic rules of process servers, notary public and the courts, you are not prepared to file a lawsuit against child support. You'll be wasting your time. So here we are at the end of this presentation. Um, I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope that we impart some knowledge to you. We're also, again, we're asking for a gift just to keep the information coming and in addition to our research. And please, subscribe to our channel. It's not that difficult. Just click the button, click the notification bell. Let's get that subscribership on YouTube. Let's 
so that others can see the video and get the knowledge for child support. So this is the end of our presentation. I hope you now understand that if you do not have an attorney, you can still win your case in court. You just need to understand the rules. Thanks.